is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. It's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Vendis joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weight. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandela, our guest here. Jason Walker, deal or no deal? The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the major mortgage man cave. Here's Jason Walker. Yo, happy Tuesday. It is the Jason Walker Show, Major Mortgage Man Cave, great sponsors, go to jasonwalkershow.com, check them all out, we have some fantastic sponsors, including some great food sponsors as well. And speaking of great sponsors, get on the schedule now, Lawn Care, Pest, Tree Needs, Nitro Green, 443-5088, nitrogreenhelena.com. Coming up today, we're going to check in with uh, NAIA President and CEO Jim Carr. He's going to discuss a few things, including uh, name, name, image, and likeness, the NIL, and uh, how that's coming. We uh, are also going to chat with him about fall sports and flag football and some other. Who knows what else? We'll just see where it goes. Pete Van Mullen will join us as well. A uh, associate professor at LC State in Lewiston, Idaho. But he's he helps coaches. And he's written a ton. He's smart. I didn't realize how smart Pete was when we went to high school together. Um, back at Bozeman in the uh, 90s. So anyway, we'll talk to Pete Van Mullum coming up. Uh, let's see, we got on the state in history and a whole lot more. Don't forget the guest this week. Still the coming John Burnett tomorrow. We'll see if there's going to be a Legion, quote-unquote, Legion season without the Legion. Um, Sam Herter from Hero Sports and Bobby Petrino will join us Friday. And uh, who knows, probably some other stuff we'll throw in. All right, so here's the deal. Today, it came out. Oh, by the way, you can watch live on Facebook and uh, YouTube, listen, Podbean, Network One Sports, TreasureStateRadio.com. Facebook us, email us, tweet us, at Sports. All right. So, fall sports is coming up in August. And uh, we know that the governor of Oregon came out last week, and, and she said that uh, large gatherings, including football games, would probably have to be canceled through September. More than likely going to be canceled through September. So that includes, you know, schools like Southern Oregon, Eastern Oregon, Portland State. Some schools that affect football-wise Montana immediately and directly. But then you throw in soccer because there's some teams in Montana, Carroll, Providence, Rocky, that play soccer in the Cascade, which travels to Oregon, along with Idaho and Washington. So there's a lot that's going to be affected if that happens. Now, are we getting large gatherings at, at soccer matches in Klamath Falls, Oregon? No. But it still is important. But... All fall sports are going to be affected, and that includes in California now, where the entire Cal State University system says it plans to cancel all in-person classes for fall and will continue instruction online. The announcement today made by CSU Chancellor Timothy White affects 23 of the universities in California, including Fresno State, and also including Cal State Sacramento, 
Cal Poly, which is in San Luis Obispo. So guess what? Oregon and now California affecting Big Sky Conference football. Because Idaho State, Montana State, Montana, others, all set to play either or all of Sacramento State, Portland State, and Cal Poly. The University of California system, which includes UC Davis, has not yet come out to say that they are going to cancel this. This is, I mean, this is crazy. And we kind of expected it, right? We've kind of expected that all this is coming. And it is going to directly affect Montana when other states close down. And we're seeing it. You look at, let's start with the frontier. Southern Oregon is supposed to host Rocky Mountain College August 29th. And then travel to northern, not going to happen if the states like Oregon, you can't travel to, so you can't travel out. Same thing with Montana, quarantine, 14 days. So the SOU is supposed to, between August 29th and September 26th, well, let's go to October 3rd. Host Rocky, host College of Idaho at Northern, at Carroll, at Eastern Oregon. That's Southern Oregon through the first five games. Okay, there's a good chance that none of those games take place. And then you go to Eastern Oregon schedule, August 29th, hosting Tech. And then in September, at Western, host Carroll, at College of Idaho. Okay, probably not going to happen. Portland State is set to host Montana State on September the 26th. The Bobcats are supposed to host Long Island, September 5th. That's not going to happen as it stands right now. At Utah, host Dixie State, and then at Portland State. But the Cats are also scheduled to play home October 10th, hosting Cal Poly. Well, if there's no students, oh, let's finish the Grizz. At Missouri State, we'll talk to Bobby Petrino about that. He's the Missouri State coach. But the Grizz, hosting Cal Poly September 26th, hosts Sac State October 17th. They don't get Portland State this year. And the schedule set up for the Grizz nicely. I don't know who put this schedule together in the Big Sky Conference office, but man, how bad do you want Bobby Houck to win the Big Sky again? Jeez, Louise. Pretty easy schedule. Three of four at home in September. But Central Washington, probably not going to happen if Washington State can't travel. Moorhead State, probably not going to happen. So here's the thing. If there's no school on campus, and people have been saying this across the country, if there are no students on campus, there will be no fall sports. It is very interesting. And it's probably going to happen. We're seeing California state university system completely shutting down. Okay? It is crazy. L.A. County said that it's going to stay closed through at least July. So, I mean, state home order through July. And, you know, L.A. County has some schools. It's just nuts. So we went through the CAT schedule, the Grizz schedule, a little bit of the frontier, 
You see how this all affects literally everybody. It's going to be absolutely nuts to see. When's the drop deadline or drop dead deadline for fall sports for schools? You know, the Big Sky came out yesterday and said it was going to allow its institutions individually to decide when they're opening. Well, Cal State system is not. So Sacramento State and Cal Poly. Not going to have students on campus, which probably means no sports, which also would mean a shortened either basketball season or no winter sports at some of those schools as well because winter sports practices start in the fall. And we're going to see this in the frontier. There's a good chance we're not going to have sports until next year. Across the board. For at least colleges. And maybe high schools too. It's just nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But anyway. All right, we're going to take a break. Talk about something positive when we return. Still to come, NAI President and CEO Jim Carr will join us. We will chat about what the what the NAI plans to do. Also, flag football in the NAI with the NFL's help. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that. Also, uh, next, Pete Van Mullen will join us. He is... Uh, he was a great basketball player in high school, won a state championship in high school, and uh, has written a ton of books and articles and is a great asset to coaches across the country. And we'll talk to him next here on the Jason Walker Show. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing. But it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918. Or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner. So now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check them out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. I'm done with this. Thinking about trying something new? The Montana Air National Guard has so many exciting career fields to choose from. Many that can open up opportunities in your civilian life. The best part? You'll be getting paid to learn a new trade skill right here at home. What are you waiting for? Let's get you in school and get you paid. Contact Luke Fecto at 406-788-8962. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. 
Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back on a Tuesday, Major Mortgage Man Cave, Jason Walker Show. NAI President and CEO Jim Carr will join us coming up. Get his thoughts on the new flag football women's sport that's coming to the NAI. Also, uh, I want to get his thoughts on if fall sports will start on time and the name image likeness um, legislation, both in the NAI and the NCAA. And what's the difference between the two? Plus, on this day in history, and a whole lot more still to come. But I want to start uh, our first guest by introducing him as uh, on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Our junior year, it would have been 1991, basketball tryouts at Bozeman High School. I was brought into the office the day before Thanksgiving and said I was uh, good enough to be on the team, but I was uh, too short. And the kid that was kept in front of me was an inch taller than me at the time. And he went on to win a state championship that year with the Bozeman Hawks. His name is Pete Van Mullum. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. That's <laughs> that's a great memory. I was trying to remember exactly when our, our basketball careers intersected there uh, when you when you moved on to other things. But um, yeah, that's that's been a long time ago. Uh, it was, uh, but I remember watching that state championship game, and I believe it was Adam Leachman 23 and Sentinel 18 at the end of the first quarter or something like that. Yeah, if I remember right, it was Adam Leachman 18, uh, yeah. um, the other, Sentinel 0, I believe. Oh, that's the, yeah, that, that's right, yeah. yeah, they didn't <laughs> score. <laughs> See, you would know better because you actually got to play, and I, I didn't, so. <laughs> well, I got to watch him play. I was on the bench, but I do remember it well. <laughs> uh, great state championship, though. In fact, uh, the guy, one of the guys that you beat on that team is uh, Guy Almquist, who is coaching at Capital now, and... Uh, He's a regular guest on the show. Great guy, great coach, but he was a senior that year, so uh, it's nice to yeah, to be able to rub it yeah. in a little bit. <laughs> uh, he's the associate professor at LC State. And, Pete, I, I have you on because you have kind of an interesting career background. You've written a ton of stuff, but this intrigues me how you used to, or still do, help with coaches and it's really kind of interesting what you've done. So maybe take me through some of that. Sure. Yeah. No, again, I'm honored to be on just and talk about, you know, what I do. I feel like you have some really interesting guests on here. So uh, being part of your show is an honor to be here. Um, you know, it's really, I think the way to describe it is sort of, I, you know, chased around a coaching dream for 14 years mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I did some time there both in high for about six years under the, you know, the legend, Mike Cole and, and then uh, went off and did college coaching for eight years. And so in doing that, um, you know, you meet a lot of people and you experience a lot of different things in sport and get some perspective. And, and uh, kind of what I discovered and what kind of happened for me, it sort of evolved out of that, and, but never really evolved out of the love of the game or um, really the love of helping coaches. And I think a lot of that comes from just every step of my life I've been impacted by coaches. You know, whether it was junior high school or high school or um, the coaches I worked for when I started coaching, um, just every single moment has been impacted by a coach. So, you know, being in a situation where you get to experience that, you, you value that. And, and so what I've kind of been able to I guess, do or found in sort of my edge is, is being able to help coaches share their knowledge and share what they do with other coaches because coaches love to share, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't always have avenues to do so um, or they just don't have time to do it. And so that's kind of what, I guess, a quick way to explain it. That's kind of how I, I feel like I found some of a, kind of a, I don't want to say a calling, but sort of a niche in helping um, that process. So that's, that's kind of a, how I explain it. You've written three books as well. Um, take me through that process because that's, you know, we had Carson Cunningham up here at Carroll College for five years, and he's written uh-huh. a ton of books, and uh, now he's down in, uh, in, in Texas. But writing books – for you, what you do is different than just writing books for the love of writing books. Sure. Yeah, correct. Yeah. The publishing world um, is, is very complex, just like all the professions as you learn a little more about that. Um, but it's, and I, let me clarify, I'm really not, they're not published yet. So there's three books we're working on. Um, two are under contract. The other one we're hoping will be and uh, very, all very different projects. Uh, but yeah, book writing is, is just a very, um, you know, a very different process than just, just writing a blog or writing a, 
you know, short uh, commentary or, mm-hmm. or something like that. It, it really is more about trying to put together concepts in a way that people can, you know, can understand them. And you really have to think about your audience. And, and so, yeah, there's just three very different projects. One's kind of centered on, I was involved with a group at the National Standards for Sport Coaches, probably something that your audience may or may not be, or ever even heard of. I mean, they're, they've been around for 20 years, but they're not, they're not really mainstream knowledge, but there's been a lot of really smart people, way, way smarter than I am that, you know, have been involved in this process of putting together some national standards for sport coaches over the years. And, and so we have kind of a resource book coming out on that and, and here in the next year. And, um, another one is a book for youth sport coaches, uh, which, you know, just kind of implies how can those standards be applied to youth sport coaches. And so, those are kind of the two projects. And then and the, the other one is a special project, which I probably really can't get into because it's um, one that's going to be kind of a, I guess, kind of a light project for me. It's a book of story about a coach. And so maybe, maybe in fact, when that gets completed, you'll have me back and I can talk in more detail about that one. But That would be good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as long as I get an advanced copy. I mean, you know, I let <laughs> you I let you beat me out in tryouts so that you could win a state championship and write books and, and do something great. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Pete Van Mullemar, guest here, Jason Walker Show. Um, over 40 articles related to coaching development, and that's where really what intrigues me about what you do is because you focus on coach development, ethical sport leadership, and I, I love that because not all coaches play by great ethics, or, I mean, the majority of them do. Let me let me phrase that the right way, but um, this, is, this is pretty cool, and I, it just... It excites me to see somebody that I know doing so well, but um, the coach development, what, is, what do you do exactly with that? Yeah, coach development, really it's a kind of a newer term. I mean, what we think of, we think of coach education when we think of how do we train coaches. And so for, for a lot of people, we think of maybe, hey, I took a, a class in college or I got a minor in coaching. Um, that's kind of the traditional you know, mindset things we're familiar with. Or, you know, or I, did, I did a certification program. Uh, through maybe a national organization, so I could you know meet some guidelines for like Montana High School Association, those kind of things. That's all you know, pretty traditional coach education. Um, coach development is sort of taking it kind of a step further. Um, those things, you know, those education components, which are really important, but it's also going a step further. And how do we meet the coach more, you know, as they're practicing in the field? Because coaches learn on the job. Um, you don't even you and I can go sign up to coach tomorrow and and, you know, be a coach. Um, we don't, there's not a lot of, other than a background check, there's not really a lot of um, requirements for us to go coach in youth leagues and those things. Right. Um, but in order to get better at it and to learn at it, um, you really need to, you know, you need to practice your craft. And, and whether you're a youth sport coach, a volunteer parent who's looking for some information, or you're a, you know, even a college coach um, just trying to improve your, your skills, um, there's room for that, that kind of coach development element to uh, meet you where you're at in your job. Does that make sense? Yep. Uh, he is a doctor. It's Pete Van Mullum joining us here on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. I'm looking at your uh, bio on your website on uh, at LC State, and do you ever are you ever in office? I mean, you have like an hour and a half, three days a week. I mean, come on, Pete. <laughs> and then you have Thursday, <laughs> Friday. You're not even there. What do you yeah, do? You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, you always you always get exactly get our time for this, but it's it's you know the nature of our job is. That, you know, we're kind of actually constantly kind of doing things. Um, it's just you don't, you know, you don't have to be in your office all the time to do it. In fact, this working from home thing for is uh, I'm pretty familiar with that. I do a lot of work from my home you know, with online teaching, and so it hasn't been as big a change a change for me. But yeah, you know, <laughs> we need to be there to meet students. And funny thing is, uh, Jason, at the time when you know back in regular college and stuff, I think you might actually try to find your advisor. I barely have students trying to find me in the office. I just you know, text me or email me yeah. anyway. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> true. Uh, you're also uh, a big part of uh, uh, into the you know, what kinesiology. Is that right? Kinesiology is the field I'm at our school. Yeah. Okay. Okay, because it says movement and sports science. Yeah. So know, I'm they, assuming kinesiology be, yeah. and movement go together, right? They do. Yeah. Study of movement. Just you know, kinesiology. Study of movement. They're just—they're really just names for you know, programs. They—they <laughs> um, they change all the time. They check a couple of years later, it'll probably be different. We've changed, I think, three times since I've been there. So, uh, yeah. So you and I were chatting um, last week a, a little bit, setting this up, but that you—you—you you, you are at LC State. Great basketball teams, both the men and the women. But you haven't even gone to many of the games. 
You're a basketball yeah, nut, man. I know. I know. Um, I do have some guilt about that, but yeah, Austin Johnson, our coach there, has done a wonderful job. A great person, and uh, the programs, Brian Orr, the women's coaches, Montana guy. Um, you know that they've been just great programs. Um, you know, I, I spent so much time in gyms, Jason. That that when I got <laughs> got out of coaching, I my own kids, and I just I just stayed away from it, and not not because I don't like it. I just yeah, I just needed to move on to some other things for now, and um, I'm sure that I'll be in a gym. When I do go to the gym and watch a game, I love it. So I yeah. just, just don't get there very often. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we got to go there a few times, but I, I would tell you one thing I don't miss is that nine-hour bus ride one way. It's not uh, – and and I got to know this, too. How did you get used to the smell of Lewiston, Idaho? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> if they call down here, it's the, you know, it's the smell of money. Obviously. Right, yeah. No, um, yeah. It's a paper mill. The money is being made. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just you forget about it after you've been here a couple of years. But um, that's kind of – I think most people, how they describe it. Yeah, I asked the I asked the we were at the pregame dinner one time, pregame lunch with uh, the Carroll women, and we were walking out of Subway in front of the hotel, and I I said, "What is that smell like that I can describe on the air?" And one of the players said, "Sauerkraut and ass," and I said, "I don't think I can use that uh, during a basketball game, but you're actually pretty accurate." <laughs> so. It's very accurate. <laughs> and, there's, and there's certain times of day you get you can you can smell it pretty good, and then, and uh-huh. then you know, uh-huh. not at all. And yeah, so sure. I've never been in there in summer. Is it worse in the summer or in the winter? Uh, I would say more kind of spring, okay. spring fall. Um, yeah, I don't know that there's a real like, worse time for that, but yeah, it varies. <laughs> Like I said, you get used to it, you don't even think about it. <laughs> uh, no, I could never get used to it. Uh, of course, we're, we were only there a couple times a year. but uh, And then there's a great Italian restaurant right across the river in Clarkston. Do you know the name of that one? Well, there's a, a pizza. You might be talking about the pizza place. Oh, no, you're talking about um, – and I can't think of the name of it. You go yeah, across the I river, and it's right there on your right yeah. as you head into Clarkston. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Made Tomato uh, Brothers, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's exact. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, really yeah, good, good, really good pasta there. Uh, Doctor Pete Van Mullemar guest here on the Jason Walker Show. So you've had yourself quite a great career. You've got a good family. I was stalking you a little bit on the Facebook because that's what we do as, <laughs> you know, radio guys. We got to find our our what else, whatever else we can out about our guests. But uh, loving LC State and and Lewiston, Idaho. Um, but. It's just a great career, and it's kind of inspiring to see how how well you've been a success. Well, I appreciate the, the thoughts, uh, Jason. Um, I was telling you the same thing. It's fun to see you know old classmates when you're in high school, um, people that you've you know you definitely lose touch, lose touch with, but and then you find out they're doing doing great things. So it's great to see your show going so well, and um, appreciate you really asking me to to do this. Well, it's kind of cool, I and mean, like I said. Um, it's, it's something different because, you know, I'm, I'm used to talking to coaches. I'm not used to talking to the guys, I guess, behind the coaches. And you have that that understanding of what it takes to be a coach. And you have the – it's just impressive how much you've really helped uh, further the study of coaching, I guess. Yeah. I, I, yeah I mean, is that a good way to phrase it? Really. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, for me, it's just – it's just something I follow my interest. Um, and, again, I think – what I said earlier about, you know, just the passion for mm-hmm. yeah, coaches have helped me all along the way. And I, you know what I mean by that is whether it was, you know, 10 years into coaching or, or when I first started coaching, um, there's really, there's an opportunity there to, um, to really make a difference in, in lives. We always think coaches make a difference with the lives of those players. They're the coaching, you know, in the immediate situation. I think sometimes we don't realize the coach is such a figure for so many other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and just their, the, I would say positive power they have in their interactions just with people. They may not even think it, it matters that that person does, um, you know, and then when you're working with them directly, you know, you just take so much, uh, from those, those different experiences. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that, and so being able to, I still get that every day. I mean, I talk to coaches fairly regularly, um, again, what I do now and, and they inspire me now, um, to just be a better person because coaches think that way, you know, they're, they're, overall positive thinkers and, and they're always looking for ways to help kind of motivate you even when they not even, I think the good ones don't do without even trying. Right. You know, they will say little things. So it's, that's pretty, 
pretty nice to be working a job where you, you're motivated by coaches, even though they're not a player or not even a coach. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I dealt with that too, as you know, as a radio guy dealing with uh, coaches all the time, and and uh, you know they, they say things occasionally that make me a, a better host or or whatever, and uh, you know make me pay attention a little bit more to certain things. But uh, it's cool to see uh, your success, like I said. And uh, uh, when you get those books uh, published, send me a copy or two. And uh, well, not two; I only read one. But uh, <laughs> but I wanted autographed, and. Um, if you want to display, you know, you could send me your state championship, whatever you guys got. I wasn't, you know, I didn't get to be on the team because Coach Cole cut me and kept you instead. But you <laughs> did so. And he made the right choice. I'm going to say this because you lived in the basketball gym uh, back then. I lived on the baseball diamond. And, uh, um, uh-huh. yeah, so you were a much better basketball player than I ever could be. So, anyway. Um, hey, take care, man. It's good to see you doing great things. And uh, hopefully we're in touch soon. Thanks, Jason. Enjoy this. Enjoy your show. Thank you, man. Take I appreciate care. it. Thanks. That is Dr. Yeah. Pete Van Mullum. He is an associate professor of movement and uh, sports science out at uh, LC State in uh, Lewiston, Idaho. Great, uh, great kid. Good classmate, and uh, and he's doing well. It's so fun to see. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to chat with the NAI president and CEO. His name is Jim Carr. I want to get his thoughts on the name, image, likeness uh, law that's coming. Also, flag football, which is coming to the NAI, and is fall sports coming back to the NAI? We'll talk about all of that when we return here on the Jason Walker Show. This segment brought to you by our good friends over at Rutgers Furniture. We're coming right back. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner. So now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check them out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the major mortgage team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918. Or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zynico has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Some good stuff. Good rejoin music there. I don't know what it is, but it's great. Speaking of which, I've been listening a lot to that Lithium channel on uh, XM, right? Sirius XM. Good stuff. You forget how how good '90s like grunge alternative was. And I was really never a grunge fan, but you you know how good the songs are now. Anyway, uh, Major Mortgage Man Cave, Jason Walker Show. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this over the last week or so, but uh, I'll try thinking uh, Zoom. I got my bracelet. It's my uh, hashtag Troy Strong bracelet, and um, 
our, our good buddy Troy Ross and uh, his family. Great family, but uh, get yourself a, a Troy Strong bracelet, okay? I love it. It's digging for Troy, so good stuff. Um, and it fits well. I like it. I like the way it fits. All right, uh, let's see. Still to come on this day in history, a whole lot more. Uh, and uh, thanks to uh, Pete Van Mullen, Dr. Pete Van Mullen, for joining us in the previous segment. Uh, it was interesting to learn about how we, his background and, and helping coaches, and it's great. And uh, you can check him out online on the Twitter. It's, uh, it's fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff is we don't know what the fall holds for us. So it's fun to get to talk about it. We have no idea. Will sports return on time? We don't know. Uh, but we want to welcome in our next guest. He is the uh, president, CEO of the NAIA. His name is Jim Carr, and uh, he joins us now here on the Jason Walker Show. One. Well, uh, first off, I guess, uh, how are you? Because the last time you and I talked a couple of months ago was uh, um, the cancellation of everything. And uh, how have you been holding up the last couple of weeks? Or months, I guess. Yeah, Dick. Yeah, Dick. And thanks for thanks for asking. Uh, you know, I think think pretty well. I'm very fortunate. My family and really all of my uh, closest friends and, and other folks are, are relatively healthy. And in this day and time, that's uh, that's about all you can hope for. But uh, yeah, we're we're doing fine at the NEI, just uh, trying to, to help our schools think about the fall and what's coming. Of course, nobody has a crystal ball, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I uh, we've been working from home for almost two months now and basically technology has got us all in a place where that where we can be pretty efficient and effective uh, working from home but I know we'll all like the, the day we can all be back together in person and enjoy the, those kinds of uh, face-to-face times. Well especially in Kansas City because you guys have such a great office uh, uh, location for one and it's just a great building and um, we got a tour a couple years ago but it's a very nice uh, place you guys have there. Yeah, it's been terrific, but uh, ironically, uh, we're actually moving. We uh, we outgrew that space, and uh, we're just going four blocks to the west, so we're still in downtown. We'll actually be across the park. You're familiar with downtown Kansas City, across the Party House Plaza from Municipal Auditorium, where the basketball tournament is, and where you've spent many, many hours covering the tournament. Uh, so it'll be the closer to that. It, uh, you mentioned our building, and we have a really cool old building that we're in right now. And we had the entire building to ourselves, so we'll be a little more of a high-rise type building we'll be sharing with lots of folks, but uh, it's, I toured it the other day, and it, it looks it looks great. So we're a little bittersweet. We're excited about the new space and giving our employees a little more room to operate, which in this COVID environment is, is needed. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, sad to be leaving that space right across from the Sprint Center. Yeah, no, that was a great spot. But uh, you go from across the Sprint Center to across the Municipal. I mean, you're getting more historical as you go. It's uh, It's awesome. I love it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's that's NAI home, so we it's good to be in striking distance of that. The only thing better would uh, would actually be in municipal to have an office center there, but because uh, uh, that's such a great building. Yeah, you know it's funny you mentioned that because that was one of our options when we first moved downtown back in 2007. They were trying to develop the lower levels of municipal into into office space, but it just didn't set up that well for us. Plus, it would. You're basically in in the basement, so no no sunlight coming in or anything like that. So we, uh, much as we love municipal, we decided that, that down the street was better than, than in the basement. Perfect. Uh, NAI President and CEO Jim Carr, our guest here, Jason Walker Show. All right, before we get into the tough questions, um, let me ask you about the uh, the announcement last week, partnering up with the NFL and the NAI. This is really cool. Uh, flag football for a woman's sport in the NAIA is coming, and I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I'm incredibly excited about it. You know, anytime you can give young people, in this case, especially young women, a chance to, to do something they love to do and, and do it at the college level and get some financial aid to help offset the cost of education, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. And, and now with a, a partner like the NFL, you know, we we like to think we have some great media partners, and you're certainly one of them. But to send out that release last week with uh, the backing of the NFL PR machine was, uh, was was a lot of fun, and we got a lot of good a lot of good coverage out of it. But the most important thing is our schools are coming on board already, even though it's very much in its infancy, and uh, we can't really promise a whole lot now, other than we're going to have a 
competition next spring that'll end with a, a national invitational type of an event. And so we have uh, somewhere around 15 commitments from institutions already, and we think we'll be kind of in the 20 to 25 range by the time uh, the spring season rolls around. And then we think as early as 2022, we could have more than 40, which is our, our benchmark to start a national championship. So it's, uh, it's growing great. We have a, another partner in reigning champs that uh, runs NCSA, a big uh, recruiting uh, service for high school and junior college students. And uh, so we're, we're grateful to them because they're really the ones that connected us with NFL flag movement because they, they run all the, the youth NFL flag stuff for, for them. And so great partnership among those three, three entities. What would you say to those, uh, and I was one that asked the question last week when the announcement came out, is there's there's some NAIA schools that don't know if they're going to, you know, and even NCAA schools that don't know if they're going to be able to recover from COVID. There are dropping sports, and the NAIA is adding sports, uh, but some schools can't afford it, the sports they have. How will they afford flag football? Yeah, you know, it's at the NAIA level, and I think really all, all schools outside of the you know, the, the major schools who are driving significant media and sponsorship, ticket sales, revenue, all other schools really are operating under a model where athletics is a way to get students to enroll in your campus and come get a great education at your campus that they can't get by going to the big state school. So um, I, if, if it's done right, I think the question really is, how can they afford not to continue to expand their sports programs? Because that's a way to in this case, you can get 20 or 25 young women who otherwise wouldn't be, you know, if, if Montana Tech were to start it or Carroll or, or whomever, um, that otherwise wouldn't be there. And if they're getting partial scholarships, so student benefits, but the school also uh, gets some, some new revenue through partial tuition payments plus room and board and those kinds of things. So it's a nice equation where it's, a, it's really a win-win. And you know, there might be some sports where if you're having trouble recruiting students, you may want to drop them because the math or the economics just don't work. But for the most part, if you can find popular sports on campus, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Does that, and then, you know, Title IX then comes into play in some instances uh, um, yep. with that, if you're dropping sports to add, um, you know, so that it becomes a, a touchy catch-22 sometimes, I guess, is is the way to phrase it. But uh, uh, hopefully it's yeah, for the best because I think it's a great thing and it is a great, you know, the NAI you know, you look at the schools in Montana, and they rely a lot on uh, student or sports to drive the student body. And I, I think it's a great thing for young women that uh, that they'll have another sport to look forward to. Yeah, I, I agree 100. percent In this case, you know, it should help with Title IX. In most instances, there are a few schools that are you know, have so many um, more male students than females, so they don't necessarily need to add another women's sport. But by and large, those who are who are who have challenges in Title IX need that need that women's sports. So this should should help. NAI President and CEO Jim Carr joining us, Jason Walker Show, and the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Another hot topic over the last couple of weeks, uh, President Carr has been the uh, name, image, and likeness, the NIL, and the NAI was really one of the first uh, this spring to come out and support this. Um, take me through this. Yeah, so um, one of the reasons we were able to come out this spring and get behind it in such a real way is we had already made a lot of progress over the last several years and essentially removed most of the restrictions on um, for those listeners who may not be too familiar with it on what student athletes are allowed to do in order to, to make some money or gain a little bit of income by using their name, image, and likeness to do so. And um, so really for us, the only thing we still had remaining uh, that was a restriction is a student athlete at an NAI school could not I go out and promote themselves to, let's say, to, to provide pitching lessons in baseball or softball or to teach uh, young people how to play tennis. They could they could do those things, but they couldn't say, I'm a tennis player at school A, mm. so come take a lesson from me. And so the, the new uh, legislation that we were scheduled to vote on in April, but now will be October because we had to postpone our, our vote on it because of COVID, um, essentially moves that restriction and also allows some students to be able to the higher representation if they if they need to in order to, to do certain things related to name, image, and likeness. So with those two uh, restrictions removed, essentially students, our goal was to try to place them, student athletes, in the same position as other students on campus. So if you're a, a great cello player and you're, you happen to be in the orchestra at, at a school, there's nothing that prohibits you from going out and using that talent 
to drive some revenue. And so now student athletes can do something similar to that. And then of course, you also can do things that have nothing to do with your, your athletic ability. We have the students who are making some income as social, social media influencers or, uh, one student wrote a, a children's book and made some money. And in the old days, those, there were a lot of restrictions around those kinds of things, but most of those are already removed, like I said before, and with the passage of this legislation, which we think will pass now that the Council of Presidents and the Association of Student Athletes have gotten behind it, um, pretty much will be treated the same as all students. With this, um, how how similar to the NCAA will the NAI be with the uh, NIL? Because you know you still have some some thing hurdles to get around, such as you know how much to pay, how the schools, how much are they involved? Um, how much regulation will, will you have? Yeah, you know, for the most part, very little at the AI level. You know, they're, I, I sort of joke by saying, you know, many times we're, we're jealous of the, the dollars and the resources that are available at the highest levels of, of NCAA Division One. But this, in this situation, this makes their rulemaking much more difficult than ours. And mm-hmm. so we're, for the most part, relying on, on our schools to, manage the process and while there could be some abuse of this we're we're pretty confident we're not going to have um carroll college line up all their football players and some booster pay them ten thousand dollars to sign autographs but that that certainly could happen at the university of alabama so sure um you know we we're, we're fortunate that we don't really have too much of that going on and we just are, are saying that we're going to let the market dictate how things go there were some movement to try to put in a um you know, some sort of fair market value of what students could re- could receive, but the the complications and the complexity of trying to to regulate that it, we felt like was did not um, justify what little bit of benefit there might come from that. So we're pretty much trusting the students to do that. Now we are leaving decisions to the institutions if how they want to handle um, conflicting things with their own sponsors. And particular, what we're hearing from our schools is you know, if a, we have some campuses who don't you know allow Alcohol and certainly most of them are not allowing smoking and tobacco products on campus, so they would restrict what students could do um, in some of those in some of those areas if, if students wanted to receive financial aid. But those would be because some of the limited things that, that they're thinking about. Again, would Title IX come into play because you know football players are going to potentially make more because of the sport that they play than say like football or, uh, you know, a softball, um, is there title nine implications or does that matter in this case? It shouldn't, you know, there are some people who are saying that it does, but in my view, um, you know, as long as the schools are not the ones, um, providing the, the, the dollars and the revenue, um, then title nine should not apply as well as okay. outside parties who are, who are, who are paying for the, the name, image and likeness, benefits and they, they should be fine. So the, you know, Title IX comes in around financial aid and other things that are controlled by the institution, but it really shouldn't play much of a role in this, in this case. Gotcha. Jim Carr joining us, the NAI president and CEO, Jason Walker show. A few final questions for you, uh, Mr. Carr, but when you look at NIL and, you know, for instance, I could essentially pay a student athlete to promote the Jason Walker show. Um, is that, I mean, I could do that. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, okay. once these, yeah, once the um, new regulations are, are passed, or actually in the NAI, you you could. It's just that student, you couldn't promote that student as a football player at you know, X school at this point. But if the new legislation passes in October, then that would not be a restriction any longer. So if it passes in October, how soon do you see it being implemented? Uh, the right now, the uh, effective date would be would be immediately. Oh, okay. Because it was it was intended to be passed in April and be effective July 1 with our new fiscal year. But as we've had the delay, it would be effective immediately. All right. So here's the tough questions now. Uh, will football start on time? Will volleyball start on time? The fall sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I had a crystal ball to, to know that we've said to our membership that um, we're shooting for July 1 to, to make our decisions. And it really is a uh, kind of a three, uh, three level decision-making process. So first you have institutions and they are going to make decisions on their own, but also be, um, have some decisions dictated to them by what the local and state governments are allowing. 
So as far as we know right now, no one has been given the green light to return to play. But you start there, and we'll, we're collecting data as we move along, and we'll try to identify by July 1 how many of our schools will be able to, to start back to play, and that will impact our, our decision-makers at the national level. And then we're also, the second level, is we're also working with our conferences to understand how they're coming at it. And, um, you know, the Frontier Conference, now with all schools in Montana, is probably one of the easier, um, is less complex than others, but mm-hmm. where conferences cross among states. Now, football, the Frontier does go out into other states, so you'll have some complexities there. But if, you know, just say for, uh, for other sports, what's the, if, if what the state of Montana allows, uh, college and universities to start playing again, then those schools could start start back up, and the conference could start its scheduling. How to conference scheduling might be a little more complicated, but then when it comes to the the national decisions that we're making, our thoughts right now is that as long as we have a certain percentage, we haven't set that percentage, we're able to resume back in the fall. Then we want to be there, facilitate that competition, and then structure our national events and our national championships based on on what that competition level or the percentage of students. Uh, excuse me, percentage of students, percentage of members who can't compete and then start to, to put those either delayed start dates and or uh, shortened seasons. But if, you know, if everybody can start April 15th, excuse me, August 15th, then we would be ready to go as, as, um, as we normally would. Now, of course, many more safety precautions, things around testing, schools have the ability to isolate or quarantine students who test positive. Um, how's all that going to work or, for all open questions and things that we're, we're working on in conjunction with our, our institutions. Do you see a, a, a possibility where some conferences would operate without all of its member schools based on who's allowed to go to campus and who isn't? I, I do. I think, I think we'll have, I, I, I have trouble seeing any scenario where if you look nationally, but you could take this at a conference level too, that, you know, we'd have all 250 of our institutions comfortable, um, starting back with sports. So if we have half of them and you know, we may start with that and I think a conference would be in a very similar boat. You know, they, even if you're all in the same state like Montana, you may have some schools that just aren't comfortable or don't have the resources or the, you know, the, you have to think about dorm rooms and ability to, to use, have social distancing in all aspects of the campus. So if they just can't come back to campus, then they wouldn't start athletics. So if say, three of the six in Montana ready to go. They certainly can start competing. We may have to get creative and start joining them with other conferences for, you know, for um, qualification in the national championships. But those are the kinds of things we're thinking about and, and working on. But I, we did a survey of all of our athletic directors and we got about 70% of our presidents to return surveys. And the vast majority of them are saying when schools can go back to competition, the NAI should try its best not to get in the way of that. So we are gotcha. trying to give autonomy to schools and conferences to, do what's best for them. You mentioned the frontier and, you know, with, with the cascade schools that they play in football with Southern Oregon, Eastern Oregon, C of I, but then you throw in soccer, which is, a, you know, the, the Montana schools are a member of the cascade. If, right. if you can't travel between States, you know, then how does that affect the national championships? Because, you know, if, if, if Carol or tech can't go to SOU or Eastern Oregon, you know, they're, they're instead of playing 10 games, only playing six or seven, but other schools in the country are playing a full 10-game schedule. How will that look and, and, and affect the potential for, you know, playoffs? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely an open question, and I think it'll, it'll be just as a concept of incumbent upon the Raiders to try to do the best they could to evaluate people who are in very different situations. And we have, we have a little bit of that going on every year in various sports, you know, baseball being the most glaring, and I guess softball as well, but you know, and I know there's not that much of that in the Frontier Conference, but you know, we have schools in Michigan who play some spring are lucky to play 20 or 25 games while schools in Florida are starting in January and playing the full complement of 55. And you have to have Raiders who, sure. who try to judge the, you know, compare those two kinds of situations. So I think we'll get a little bit more of that in all of our sports because we will, as you mentioned, likely to have, you know, some schools play a handful of matches and others play. 12 to 15. We're also looking at nationally potentially um, reducing the number of games that schools can play to try to mitigate that a little bit. But we'd hate to go to the lowest common denominator and say, well, some schools can only play six matches, so therefore everyone has to play six. It just doesn't seem like the right balance of 
limiting those student athletes in other parts of the country who could who could play more. Um, I know you're a busy guy, but I uh, this is a it's a it's an interesting time as uh, NAA president and CEO Jim Carr, our guest here. When you look at the scheduling, and you know the Oregon governor came out and said games through September, big events through September might have to be canceled. Um, and again, that goes back to scheduling. You know, like if 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 teams can't even travel out of of the area, you know, and, and let's say Southern Oregon football goes, you know, nine and zero or seven and zero without playing the Montana schools, but then they can't leave the state of Oregon, and they're seven and zero, and they're sitting there for playoffs. How 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 does that? I mean, you know what I'm trying to get here is yeah. Yeah. You could have an undefeated team sitting there not in the football playoffs this year or soccer or whatever the sport. Right. And, you know, where football will be complicated in that regard because, you know, right now the way our format works is you don't know where you might be playing in the first round. Right. And so, you know, if, as you say, if, it, it may not matter if, if there's Southern Oregon can't travel out of the state, then, um, you know, they would. And my guess would be if they can't travel out of the state, they probably couldn't host anybody. That's true. <laughs> but, even if they, but even if they could host somebody, at some point, if they keep winning, they're going to have to travel, even if it's just to the final site. And if, that, if that's not a possibility, then you wouldn't want them to, you know, to keep keep advancing. So they're, it's complicated enough to try to figure out how you're going to start, but how you try to create enough flexibility to deal with all those situations is, is challenging. And it's not just football. You know, soccer, we have our opening rounds of the national championship with schools hosting, you know, one game play in all the, and the format's actually changing for this year, but there's, there's a certain amount of travel that happens in soccer and volleyball and all of our sports. So it's, it's going to be a, going to be a challenge. You know, I told you in March, um, I didn't envy you then. I don't envy you now. And I, <laughs> I don't envy you all summer uh, moving yeah. forward with all of this. I'm sure that you and I will be uh, chatting again in a couple of months. And uh, hopefully we have some answers by then. But I appreciate the time as always. You're always a great guy to chat with. And uh, you're doing a great job. Appreciate it. NAI President and CEO Jim Carr. Well, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me on. And I would just say, you know, just uh, for all those out there, know that we're doing the best we can just ask for some patience and grace and uh not only for us but for our, our leaders at our member institutions at the conference level trying to make these difficult decisions that essentially first and foremost make sure that our students are all healthy and then try to strike the right balance of letting them do something they love to do and go back to competing and while keeping them safe so it it'll be a challenge but we'll do the best we can and uh hope for the best that is NAI President and CEO Jim Carr. So some interesting uh, comments there. And, um, you know, we recorded that this morning, and then you find out that the entire California State University system is closing its campuses for the fall, which includes many of, uh, of division NCAA schools. But NAI is not going to be far behind, I believe. In fact, NCAA Division II, uh, just got this, uh, conference, California Collegiate Athletic Association, a Division II conference, has suspended NCAA competition for the fall of 2020. That's not the big boys of the Pac-12, whatnot. That's a Division II conference in California with no sports this fall. Think about that. And I think it's the first of many, unfortunately, that are to come. I don't know if we have fall sports, folks. I hate to say it, but I'm not sure if we do or not. It'll be interesting to see. Um, all right, let's do On This Day in History. It uh, is May the 12th. It is brought to you by the Motherload Sports Bar, Casino and Restaurant. It is National Limerick Day. There once was a man, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. uh, It's also National Odometer Day. I don't know why our odometers need a day, but they get one. 1875, first recorded shutout in pro baseball. It was 1-0 Chicago versus St. Louis. A 1910 Philadelphia A's pitcher Chief Bender had a no-hitter. 1956 Brooklyn Dodger Carl Erskine's second no-hitter. 1970 Ernie Banks hit his 500th career home run. 1970, KTVM Television in Butte, Montana, began broadcasting. Happy 50th to KTVM. Uh, 1995, Martin Brodeur 
Tied the NHL record, getting his third playoff shutout in four games. Happy birthdays today. Catherine Hepburn was born on this date in 1907. Uh, George, uh, Yogi Berra, 1925. He would have been 95 today. Uh, also, happy birthdays to George Carlin, born on this date in 1937, and Tony Hawk, born on this date in 1968. So there's On This Day in History, brought to you by their mother load, sports bar, casino, and restaurant. All right, let's do this. Boom. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. Great show today. Dr. Pete Van Mullum breaking down how he helps coaches in his profession. Pretty cool. And NAI president and CEO Jim Carr joining us. Tomorrow we'll talk to uh, Helena Senators coach John Burnett. Will there be a baseball season? Um, Don't forget Friday, coach Bobby Petrino will join us. Had a great time. Had a great show. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 4 you can rewatch anything, uh, anytime. JasonWalkerShow.com. We'll see you tomorrow. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.